Hey, my friend, welcome to the Growth Vault Podcast. Josh here. I'm going to be super, super fast. Now, before I sunset this podcast and reveal all of the epicness that I have waiting for you, because I'm not going anywhere. I'm doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down. It's Joshua 2.0 coming at you. Uh, what I'm going to do is give you a gift. This is a gift to the world. Are you ready? It's called Recession Marketing. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, maybe you didn't hear that I've been doing trainings for a month inside of a Facebook group. It's free. Just look for Recession Marketing. However, the content's going to be pulled out of that group here very shortly. Now, as a gift to the podcast listeners, I'm going to publish the audio of all these trainings back to back to back to back. It's going to give you hours of juiciness, all kinds of things that will make you literally make you money uh, for real. So I haven't done something like this before. I hope you love it. Just remember this. In the show notes for this episode and all the episodes I'm going to publish, there's a link where you can actually watch the videos of this. Some of the content won't make as much sense because it's a video training and I show examples sometimes and I have doodles and things like that. So if you're confused on one, just click the link in the description. You can watch the video version of it. And also, don't forget to go to Watch Josh Pitch. Dot com. It'll make sense when you listen to some of these trainings where I'm going to break down how I put together a sales pitch for a program that's going to make a million dollars virtually instantly. So it'll all make sense as you after you go through all this content. Uh, listen to it while you can. You're not going to regret it. It's a big deal. Love you. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, my friend? Happy to see you again. And we're going to talk some practical, tactical stuff. I know this section, this guide might have broke your brain a little bit. I'm going to give you some things you can do this week that will are really simple. I'm going to rapid fire through them to give the idea gears turning in your head. Uh, I think some of this will make sense. You probably never thought of it before. So practical copy hacks. Okay. <laughs> First thing is broken links and typos. Well, that's weird. Why would I put that in there? One thing that's a hack that is a uh, a thing you need to understand about copy is that copywriting, good copywriting uh, has less to do with being a, a grammatically correct uh, writer and it has more to do with being a human. It's a human communicating to a human and it can actually behoove you to be imperfect on purpose sometimes. And so one tactic can be if you do an email blast to your list and maybe you have a link to schedule their estimate or to get on the list or whatever the call to action is, send out the email and then and then have the link be broken. Now, don't send it to just some vortex or whatever. You could send it maybe to your main homepage and then send out a second email and say, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Here's the correct link. You know, you're running a small business, you know, blah, blah, blah. No one's perfect. Ha, 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 make fun of yourself. But then it gives you an excuse to send two touches uh, and it humanizes you. And if you do it right and you kind of massage the words, not in a way that makes yourself look low level, but like, hey, we made an honest mistake. It gets bigger engagement. You'll get more replies from people. And it's something a lot of marketers do all the time. So remember that next time that happens with somebody's list that you're on. It's actually overused in the internet marketing space. It's kind of annoying. But with home services, it's a really good idea. Okay, next thing is the one-sentence emails. You don't have to have big, giant emails. In fact, the majority of a lot of your emails should be really simple. They should be a single sentence or, or like the next one says, a question. We don't ask enough questions in our emails. And you gotta remember, it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. So sometimes it's a monologue, sometimes it's a monologue, but if you want more engagement, it actually helps your, your domain credibility. And what that means is like people that actually reply to your emails 
it actually shows all of the internet that your domain and that you as a sender are a trusted source and that these are actual valuable emails and it keeps you out of spam boxes and things like that. So you wanna make sure your emails ask questions. You also wanna make sure that a good healthy chunk of them are like single sentence or maybe two sentence emails. You can send emails that are 10 words long that will make more money for you than all the fancy stuff you're trying to do. Uh, I'll give you an example. So a one sentence email could be, you know, hey Lois, I had a note to follow up with you to schedule your next service, but I can't remember if you were a morning person or an afternoon person or if you needed a Saturday appointment. Uh, let me know and we'll go from there. See, that's personalized. The specific reason you're emailing them, it's one sentence. There's a high likelihood they're gonna engage you, uh, which is really important. Another type of email you can send is an unsubscribe email. These are really, really fun to do right before you're about to do a soap opera sequence. So if you have a big promotion coming where you're gonna to wanna to hit your list hard, what you do is you send an unsubscribe email a few days before the soap opera sequence starts. If you don't know what a soap opera sequence is, it's in uh, the video before this video. And uh, so you're gonna be hammering people and driving them a little crazy, which is okay, that's the point. The only point of having an email list is to extract value from the list, right? It's you wanna nurture it and manage it and make money. And most people, especially in services, they don't do anything with their email list. But if, if you get a new customer and they're always getting constant updates from you and they get promotions from time to time, it trains them that that's what it's like to be on your list. The issue is, is we don't ever contact them and then we're like, please give me money. And it's a one touch blast. It doesn't even barely work. Uh, and it's just kind of gross, right? That's, I explained that in the, in the other video about the difference between a wife and a prostitute. <laughs> anyway, so an unsubscribe email is where you put the unsubscribe link at the top of the email and you say, hey, John, uh, over the starting next week, you're going to get like four to five emails from us. And I want to give you an easy way out right now. You see next week, we're going to have the single most compelling promotion we've ever offered as a company. And a lot of people are really excited about it, but I understand that maybe you're not. So I want to make it easy. If you feel like, you know, our company isn't provided providing the value you want, or if you're just not interested, so you can opt out here and doing that, what it does, it's, it's reverse psychology. People are like, wait, what? Right? They're like, huh. And so the you're doing two things. Number one is you're being like so honest and authentic about the fact you're going to market to them that it builds trust and it it's breaks their brain because it's counterintuitive. But the other thing that you're doing is you're actually planting a seed. It's called seeding. Okay. That something exciting is coming next week. How epic is that? Nobody does that. Go do that. You can do it this week. Okay. Another type of email that you've probably never thought of is a faux recruiting email. So a faux recruiting, it's an email that's disguised as something that it's not. So it te technically can get you, you know, applicants to apply for jobs, right? But that's not the primary benefit of it. So you send out an email saying, hey, you know, our team is growing, we're experiencing massive success, we, we're looking to hire more people, and we thought, who better to ask than our current customers? Because our staff ultimately ends up servicing your home. So here's what we decided to do. If you know anybody that meets the criteria that I'll paste below, would you mind sharing this opportunity with them? Um, we appreciate you, blah, 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 blah. Then you append like all this details about your job. And you talk about how you have the highest, I mean, you overdo it, right? You have the highest stringent standards on this, this, and this, how you pay really well because your customers value uh, excellence over 
a bargain and a fly by night company. And you talk about how this is the job you'll be doing and this is the job title and here's all this stuff. But you're really, you're, you're, it technically is a referable real recruitment email that they could share and you, you can get job applicants from it and people do. But think about what you're doing. It's an, you're basically, it's an opportunity to tell your customer, we're really freaking epic. We have super high standards and are, we, we go way beyond what you might think we go. And the thought we put into our training and our staff and how obsessed we are with customer service and all this stuff. And the customer thinks it's a recruiting email, but it's a, really a way for you to brag on your company. Holy cow, are you guys getting this? A faux recruiting email. Oh my gosh. Another rule with emails specifically is don't be cute, be clear. So if you can say the same thing shorter, say it shorter. Write your email, go back and read line by line. Say, can I say these three words in one word? Can I use one adjective instead of three when in, during this sentence, right? And you get clear, clear, clear. The other thing is when I say don't be cute is don't overly format your emails. You don't have to do some weird newsletter with a colored background and all these images and links and all this stuff. It actually works against you, especially when most people are reading their emails on their phone. What you want is good formatting with big font spaced out with bullets and lists and line breaks so it's clean, so they can they can skim through it easily and that's broken to logical chunks, right? Because sometimes you do need to send an email that has a lot of different things in it but you make it really clear by simplifying sentences. You make it uh, larger than normal font. Whatever email service you use to send it out usually picks too small of a font. So make it, you know, 16, 18 point font at least. And then, and then put lots of space. So I always double space in between sentences. I also put line breaks so that in their head, it's like consumable. If you have a big blob of text, especially if it's smaller font, it overwhelms and fatigues the eyeballs and it looks terrible. So you don't just write good copy. You got to format the copy so that it's clear. Okay. It's not about being cute with a fancy over-designed email, but it's also not about uh, having blobs of text and things like that. So that's what that means. Then we have polarization. Have you ever thought about experimenting with polarization? Now, this might be a horrible idea depending on where you are, but it could also be an amazing idea depending on where you are. I'll give you an example. There's a roofing company that is in a really kind of rural area of Ohio, kind of Amish country, really, very conservative area. And he came to our studio and we made an ad for him and uh, to sell roofs. His name's Philip Schmucker. He's a friend of ours. He's awesome. And Philip made this ad and he's holding a 50 caliber rifle. Okay. <laughs> a 50 cal. These are like $10,000 super cannon guns and he's holding it. And it's like a 25 second ad. It's really simple. All he says is this, the best way to protect yourself is with the second amendment. And the second best way to protect yourself is with a new roof for my roofing company. Right? Just so go here and get an estimate, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a little music and stuff. That is an example of being polarizing and you can use it in emails because the different videos you make and the ads and the different funny creative things you do, you're going to send these to people in email. Now there's a risk. Now for him, it's not a big risk because the people that get mad and all weirded out about it, it doesn't matter because how endeared it makes all the other ones to him is so valuable relative to the one person who's not going to hire him now, right? So I'll leave that up to you to make that decision, but don't be shy about being polarizing. And it's not just politically po polarizing. You can talk about sports teams. You can talk about how the other team is so silly, right? We did another ad for a guy at our studio where he said, this is the price for our service. Unless you're a Maple Leafs fan, then it's this much. And it was more and it's tongue in cheek. It's joking, but that's an example of using polarization in, in emails. Uh, another idea that you can use right away is a last minute offer. 
you know, one of the big problems with not making enough money is you don't make enough offers. You just don't try to make offers enough. I didn't say you ask for money and say, hey, please book now, get a call. No, no, no. You make an offer. You put together a special package, a new thing. It's a, it depends on the time of year. depends on your services. But maybe it's a, a maintenance thing that's a portion of what you normally do, but you only have 10 spots. And you know you have a special list of the VIP customers that get the first dibs, first come, first serve for the special offer. These are great ways to basically mine for gold out of your email list. And this all goes as well for, well, a lot of it goes for text messaging and things like that as well. Um, but last minute offers, last minute offers. Hey, we got two spots. And when you do a last minute offer, you don't have to send it to your whole list because what you don't want to do is uh, be disingenuous and say, oh, last minute offer, but it's not really a last minute offer. You just do a bunch of these to little pieces of your list and you'll start to learn as you get the data that, okay, when I send out 150 emails saying we have two spots left for this one new weird cool thing we're doing, you'll fill up the two things. But then you might send to a different 150 people a slightly different version of that offer and you can do this over and over and over. And then, um, okay, emotional logic 80-20. Remember that you wanna use emotion primarily when you're selling and communicating and logic, you want to use 20%. So if you have an email, you want to have like emotional stuff. And then at the bottom, maybe you summarize what you're saying with bullets to make it just logic-based consumable information, right? But that's kind of a formula for you, emotion and logic. Now, emotion doesn't just mean getting them all worked up. Emotion means humor. You know, if you can share a belly laugh with someone, you're 85% to the close, right? Like they're going to buy from you if you get them laughing. So Humor, stories, funny things that happen, current events, local news, local weather, anything in your email, you're using emotion, telling a story, setting the stage, pre-framing, doing some of the things we taught in other videos, and then you summarize it, boom. That's, that's a good rule and a hack. Another good one I've done for years is the $100 account credit, uh, where basically, if you want to, you could decide right now that all of your customers all now have a $50 account credit or a $250 account credit or a same as cash voucher towards something, something, something. Um, you can just make it up. You're the boss. You're the CEO. You can just invent it. Then what you do is you email everybody letting them know that that's a thing. And you do it cleverly though. You do it asymmetrically, okay? You don't just say, hey, you have $100 towards your thing. Book now. It's like, hey, Robin, I'm going through my notes and I noticed you have an unused account credit of $50. It's going to expire in a few weeks, and I wanted to make sure you knew about it. And then in parentheses, we had another person complain that maybe didn't know about it or whatever. You know, be honest, but like I'm just talking out loud as a marketer, right? So you're like making it like, hey, so I noticed you have this thing. Here's how it works. Here's when it expires. Let me know if you'd like to apply that towards service or if you have a friend or someone else that'd like to use it because, you know, we can, it's transferable. We can use it with someone else. Talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. That's an epic one. And then one more rule that I didn't write on here is that I'm kind of like going to forbid you from sending one email. You send a sequence of emails or you send no emails. You send a sequence. So even with like the account credit, that's not a email. It's an email. If they reply to you, you take them out of the, the, the campaign, right? If they reply, they don't get the other emails. But the people that don't reply, we hit them multiple times. And I'm going to show you something really cool down here. You ready? It's called the Rainmaker Sequence. I've used this particular simple thing I'm going to show you. I don't know how many times, like dozens and dozens of times for other people to create 10, 20, 30, even $50,000 
last minute, just quick, I mean quick, to just pull money out of a list. You ready? I'm gonna show you everything, all the copy, you'll be able to screenshot it and do this for yourself. Here's how it works. It's called the In a Pinch Rainmaker campaign, that's what I call it. <laughs> Step one, create logical justification for contact. What that means is before you launch this little campaign, we gotta have a reason why we're reaching out to the person. Otherwise, it's just, give me money, give me money. Can I have money, please? I need money, I need groceries. I gotta pay the bills, please give me money. And that's not good. So what's the logical justification for this campaign? It can be anything. I'll give you some examples. It could be seasonality, limited calendar availability. It could be limited spots for an offer. It could be just time for a new appointment and you're following up. It could be that you left yourself a note to follow up with them. That was one I used a lot. It could be a new product or service release. It could be that they're a VIP client on a special list. It could be that it's specific to their region or their neighborhood or because they have a stucco house or because they have this type of roof or because they have extra trees. It could be weather related. It could be a special celebration. I mean, it can literally be anything, but you need to have a reason other than I'm contacting you to try to get you to give me money. It's like because it's National Chips and Salsa Day, we picked 200 customers to send this message to and you are one of them. Here's what we got going on and why you're gonna like it. Boom, 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 boom. So you have a logical justification. Got it? Makes sense? Step two is you choose a sample list to start with. Like I said, it's a good idea when you first start playing with this stuff to do little pieces at a time because you might send out 100 emails and nothing happens. In fact, it means nothing if nothing happens. Don't get so emotionally like attached to it. You're learning how to play the game. So you're testing. You're getting data and feedback. You can see how many people opened. You can see how many people clicked. You can see how many people hate your guts now. You can see all the data, right? And you learn and adjust it and tweak it and modify it. But rather than doing it to your whole entire list at once, which might cause lots of stress if you do it wrong on accident, uh, just do it to little bits and just see what happens, okay? Then you test it by sending it. Then you optimize, iterate, and scale it. Okay, let's get into the nitty gritty. What the Rainmaker campaign is, is it's a three day sequence that incorporates a voicemail, an email, and a text message. Now you don't have to do all three, but if you do all three, it works maximum. At a minimum, you want it to be like an email and a text or an email and a voicemail. Now what's cool about voicemail is you don't actually have to call people. You can send them a ringless voicemail. There's softwares that do it. Send Jim can do it. If you have a Send Jim account, it can do it for you and you upload your list and it will basically not ring their phone, but just insert a voicemail into their voicemail box and it will show that they have a missed call from you. It's pretty epic and it's cool because instead of, you know, even if you're a baller on the phone, it would take you all day to make 150 calls. You could send 1500 of these just like that. And you record the voice message in a way that feels like you just called them but it's general, so you can send it to 2,000 people, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, as much people as you want, right? So here's the script, right? The first rule is you have to be intentionally imperfect and assumptive, okay? So when you record this, do not sound like a robot. Saying ums and ahs helps you with this. Doing it wrong helps you. If you fumble the phone and it rubs against your chin and it makes a weird sound, that's actually better than having a perfect thing. And people get really weird recording these voicemails because they're trying to be like a national, you know, news anchor or something. <laughs> like, no, don't do that because that is what makes it seem like a broad, produced, product, polished thing. And we don't want that. It has the opposite effect you want. So I'll read this out loud and you can screenshot this. Ready? Here's the day one script for, for voicemail. So this would go out like in the morning. Okay. It's like, Hey, sorry, sorry I missed you. This is Josh. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but 
because it's National Chips and Salsa Day and you live in the Daytona neighborhood on the corner of Coit and, and Maine, um, we're just calling you. So in, anyway, don't stress about calling me back. We'll get this figured out for you. But I'm going to actually shoot you over a text and an email too in case that's easier. And oh, duh, I'm, I'm calling from ABC Service Company and we've done work for you in the past. We appreciate your past business. Excited to help you out again. And again, if I don't get a call back, no worries again. I'll try again tomorrow uh, in case that's more convenient for you. Uh, take care. Okay. Now, it might just seem weird and jumbly. There's massive thought that went into this, and I've refined it because I've done it so many times. This is like the perfect way to do this, okay? They're a little bit confused, but that's not bad. It's good, okay? They also think that just you called just them for logical, justifiable reason, okay? Then you send a text. Here's the text. It says, hey, first name. Hey, John, not sure if you're aware, but blah, 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 blah. That's the reason for the text today. P.S. I'll shoot you both an email and a voicemail in case that works better for you. Talk soon. And then you just have your company name. And then the email, it's the same thing. It's like, hey, John, I just sent you a quick voicemail and text. I wasn't sure which method you'd prefer. Just let me know your thoughts when you have time. Talk soon. This this is so simple. You got to do it right. And you also got to decide, do you want the voicemail to go first and the text second and the email third? And then you adjust the language. So it's like, hey, um, if it's a voicemail first, you'll say, hey, in a few minutes, I'm going to send you a text message. Boom. Well, then a few minutes after you do the voicemail drop, you do the text, right? And then the text might say, ah, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'm, I'm at my desk. I'm going to shoot you over an email in case that's easier. And then the email will be third, right? You can do it in any order you want, but make sure it makes logical sense. Ho- hopefully that's clear. But this, this is it. And what's cool, see, here's the other key with this. Let me just circle this. See how I underlined, I'll try again tomorrow. That is a secret little nugget. That is in there on purpose, right? So then we have, I'll shoot you an email and a voicemail in case that works better, right? I'll shoot you a voicemail or a text. I'm not sure which method you prefer. What you're doing is you're essentially just trying to serve them at a high level. And so it's hard for them to get mad because they don't even know you're really trying to sell something yet. They just know like, you're following up in their account, you're doing an account review, you left a note to, for this, or because of the weather, you're, you're doing this special thing in this neighborhood because you want more before and after pictures, and so you can do deep discounts because of this with this new package you created. Whatever the offer ends up being for you is fine, but what you're saying in this voicemail without saying it is, hey, d- you can call me back. Like I'd love you calling back. If you can't, don't even worry about it. I'll just call you tomorrow. And then what you do is the next day, you do this again. And the third day, you do it again. And the third day, you still are saying, don't even worry about it. I'll just totally follow up with you tomorrow. Now, you might stop at that point, but you need to imply like, hey, Bill, uh, just want to make sure I totally over-deliver, take care of you. So listen, I'm just going to call you literally forever until I do take care of you and over-deliver. So anyway, no stressor. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> right? You're doing this. That's the magic of this. That's what the Rainmaker campaign is epic for. And uh, <clears throat> I hope it serves you because you'll make a bunch of money if you do this. And uh, if you have questions, you know, talk about it in this group. There's a lot of people going through this material and uh, there's a lot of smart people in recession marketing, tons of them, really successful, smart people. Start posting some of your stuff. Start, you know, asking, do, sh- do you like this? Should I word it different? Let's crowdsource some some information. You know, there's so much power in like a brain trust of a bunch of eyeballs looking at it and beating it up. Bah, 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 bah. And then you could do a test as easy as, as tomorrow or sometime this week. And if you don't get the results right away, it's okay. It's okay because there's nuance from market to market. 
the messaging, the way you say it. Plus, you got your own personality. You know, you're not me. You might talk different. That's perfectly fine. You just got to find your voice, find your groove with it. But the big takeaway here is there's so much money right under your nose, isn't there? There's so much money right under your nose. How cool would it be to have it all implemented and built out for a whole year for your business? Wouldn't that be awesome? Hey, if you haven't yet, go to watchjoshpitch.com and I'll show you how you can get it all implemented and work with me directly. Anyway, appreciate you. I hope uh, you're loving all of this stuff in recession marketing. I'm here to serve you. I'll see you later this week. Take care. Bye-bye.